As we come to the final and third episode of Distractions, we thank you for joining us. And as always, we've enjoyed sitting at the kitchen table to discuss topics that affect everyone in everyday life. If you have children, grandchildren, or younger siblings, we invite you to share these episodes with them. Talk about the distractions there. You know, I, this this something that I read. Uh, I used it in uh, uh, one of my messages before over time, and uh, the author is unknown. His name, uh, you know, I guess you want to keep it discreet, you know. But the information that he shared was powerful, and uh, he talks about Satan's convincing. He says, uh, says, we need to be on our guard for the time is near and Satan is looking to destroy families. And he said, read and pray for your salvation. He said in Satan's convention, he said, Satan called a worldwide convention. In his opening address to his evil angels, he said, we can't keep the Christians from going to church. We can't keep them from reading their Bibles and knowing the truth. We can't even keep them from forming an intimate abiding relationship experience in Christ. If they gain that connection with Jesus, our power over them is broken. So let them go to their churches and let them have their conservative lifestyles, but still their time so they can't gain that relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, this is what I want you to do, angels. Distract them from gaining hold of their savior and maintaining that vital connection throughout their day. They asked the question, how shall we do this? Shouted his angels. He said, keep them busy in the non-essentials of life and invent innumerable schemes to occupy their minds. That's what he answered. Tempt them to spin, 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 and borrow, borrow, borrow. Persuade the wives to go to work for long hours and the husbands to work six, seven days each week, 10, 12 hours a day, so they can afford their empty lifestyle. Keep them from spending time with their children as their family fragments soon their home will offer no escape from the pressures of work. Overstimulate their minds so that they cannot hear that still small voice. Entice them to play the radio or cassette player whenever they drive to keep the TV, VCR, CDs in their PCs and their cell phones, smartphones, Xbox, going constantly in their home and see to it that every store and restaurant in the world plays non-biblical music constantly. This will jam their minds and break their union with Christ. This fill the coffee tables with magazines and newspapers. Pound their minds with the news 24 hours a day. Invade their driving moments with billboard signs. 
flood their mailboxes with junk mail, mail order catalogs, sweepstakes, products, and every kind of newsletter and promotional offering, free services and false hopes. Keep skinny, beautiful models on the magazine so the husbands will believe that external beauty is and what's important. They will become dissatisfied with their wives. Ha, huh. that will fragment those families very quickly. Even in their recreation, let them be excessive in their recreation. Have them return from their recreation exhausted, disquieted and unprepared for the coming week. Don't let them go out in nature to reflect on God's wonders. Send them to amusement parks, sporting events, concerts and movies instead. Keep them busy, busy, busy. And when they meet for spiritual fellowship, involve them in gossip and small talk so that they leave with troubled consciousness and unsettled emotions. Go ahead, let them be involved in soul winning but crowd their lives with so many good causes, they have no time to seek power from Jesus. Soon they will be working in their own strength, sacrificing their health and family for the good of the cause. It will work, it will work, it will work. It was quite a convention. The evil angels went eagerly to their assignments causing Christians everywhere to get more busy and more rust, going here and there. I guess the question is, has the devil been successful at his scheme? You be the judge. Does busy mean being under Satan's yoke? The devil has his beatitudes. He says, blessed are those who are too tired too busy, too distracted to spend a few hours a week with their fellow Christians in church. He says, they are my best workers. Blessed are those Christians who wait to be asked and expect to be thanked. I can use them. Blessed are the touchy. With a bit of luck, they may stop going to church. They are my missionaries. Blessed are those who are very religious but get on everyone's nerves. They are mine forever. Blessed are the troublemakers. They shall be called my children. Blessed are those who have no time to pray. They are easy prey for me. Then he says, Blessed are the gossips, for they are my secret agents. And blessed are those critical of church leadership, for they shall inherit a place with me in my fate. Blessed are the complainers. I'm all ears for them. He says, if we can keep them busy, which means being under Satan's yoke, then we will accomplish our assignment. So ask yourself the question again. You be the judge. Is Satan 
conquering and is he being successful at his assignment? Here's the thing about the devil. I told you that story one time. Dude walking by the church. Dude sitting out there crying. Boo hoo. He's crying. Kind of like he went by and when he came back back, he was still there. He's like, wait a minute, ain't you the devil? He got up to me. Hey, why are you sitting out here crying? He said, because them people in there lied on me. I ain't do all that stuff they said I did. <laughs> <laughs> the devil can only give you a thought. That's all he can do. He can only paint a picture. And if you know anything about it, I don't care how beautiful the picture is, the picture's a lie. It's true. We take what he does because, again, the only reason he knows us so well is because while we were out there, we told him what we like. So basically, the only reason he knows us so well is because he knows us so well. Right. So we told him what we like. We told him how we like it. We told him whatever, you know, tall, dark, handsome, skinny, whatever. We, we let him know all that. But the devil can only put it there. What we do with it is what it does. It is. And, this, and I faced this this morning. It was early this morning. So one of the guys, and it's not a young one of my friends I helped at the hotel room sometime back a couple years ago and um, he moved to Virginia uh, was doing well from my understanding you know but something went to California and now he's back in Charlotte not sure why um, what happened or whatever it may be and so I got a phone call from Behavior Health and I was on call I was like man I missed a phone call from Behavior Health on call I called back and the lady was saying to me she said I don't know who she said I'm the switchboard I don't know who may have called I said, okay, maybe you know, I just missed something. So he called me back. He said, Sam, they locked me up and took me to behavioral health. You know, I was like, something else had to happen. I'm just getting part of the story. And uh, so when I talked to him, he said, no, I was at the shelter and they were trying to talk to me any kind of way. And I wasn't going to let them talk to me any kind of way. And so, you know, I left. And he said, next thing I know, the police, you know, came and put me on the wrist and took me to behavioral health so I was you know going to hurt myself and the doctor called me and I said yeah I've known him for a couple of years you know I said he doesn't seem like the type of person that would hurt himself um, you know I said you know maybe some hard times he's going through so this morning he said I'm going to walk to Rock Hill from Charlotte's on a two hour walk he said you know because I you know I feel like I've you know I've done above and beyond and I had to pray to God I was like I you know, I've done what you asked me to do. And I told him, I was like, I'm praying for you, brother. You know, I said, it has to be, you know, I said, you have choices. I said, number one, regardless of those people who work there, he said, well, they just can't talk to me any kind of way. Number one, you don't have a place to go. And it's cold. And you're complaining. But now you're complaining. But you put yourself in a situation. I said, it is a choice, you know. 
And so I told him, you know, and I said, you know, we have to really think about, you know, where we're at. I said, when, what did you do or you say when, when you got this job and you were doing well? You gave God praises. I said, now you're going through the valley. I said, this is a tough time. I said, I don't know the choice you made to get here. He says to me, Sam, scripture's not going to get me out of the cold. Scripture's not going to get me something to eat. He said, you're giving me scripture, but you're in your warm house. You got a car. You got something to eat. And um, I felt like a slap in the face. Mm. Because number one, when you didn't have anywhere to go, I put you, you know, God laid on my heart to get you a hotel room just for three nights. But then the other girl that showed up, so I gave you a couple more nights. Took you to Walmart, got groceries. Make sure you had, you know, all these items that you needed. You know, didn't have to, but I did it because, you know, that's what God laid on my heart. So now you're going to turn around and, and, and you're going to slap me in the face. And then you're going to say, Scripture not going to get me there. But you praise God when things are going well. But now you want to curse God. God can't get me there in my time. And he, he always there. I said, maybe you're in this situation because of the choice you made. But at the same time... God's still there. But you're going to have to lean on him in a different way. And that just let me hear him say, you know, scripture's not going to get me there. And I'm looking at myself, I'm like, man, scripture got you to where you are at. <laughs> Praise has got you there. The, the, the scripture led, you know, you, me to be in your path. Because that's what God said me. When he went to, he went and left Charlotte. And this is how, you know, he left Charlotte and went all over to South Carolina, Greenville, and got to the job. And the guy he was working with, that went to work with, they fired him. He's no longer over that job. Now he has no way back. I got him a bus ticket from Greenville back to Charlotte. So now it's kind of like, I know who God is in my life. And I'm a representation of God because I did these things for that. Now you're going to slap me and the work that God had for me to do. It's like, you know, God saying, you know what? You've done what you needed to do. You've done what I asked you to do. And so now it's it's up to you. I'm, you know, I'm going to kill myself. I'm tired. I can't go through this. But that's going to be the choice that you make. You know, because number one, when you said scripture, not going to get me there. And then he made a reference of me in the warm and the car and the food and the, you know. Choices. Exactly. Now you have, you know, I can love you from a distance. Right. I love you. But now it's my time to move on. He's allowed the devil to distract him from where he was because of the choice he made. Exactly. But don't want to take ownership of it. That, that's the issue right there. Because choices... And, and we all have to look at our choices. That, that, that's what it's all about. The choices we make. And, and, and what, was, what was his excuse? And he said, well, scripture is not going to get in there. Uh, you know, basically talking about the word not going to get him. Like, okay, well, where are you trying to get to? Yeah. See, because scripture will get you anywhere you need to get to. But the thing is, where are you trying to get to? James said, faith without works is dead. You know, if, if you need a job, 
if, if that's the main problem right now, you need a job. What have you done by faith as far as doing some type of work? I mean, how many applications have you filled out? You know, where, where have you been uh, seeking work? If you just have been hanging around in the hotel or, or just uh, praying or just, you know, just standing around hoping by maybe osmosis or something, you know, <laughs> you know, a job come to you, it's not going to happen. It's not gonna happen, man. It's, just, it's like people do that all the time. Yeah, uh, I need a job. Okay, well, have you put in an application? No. But I've been praying about it. Okay. Uh, are you handicapped? No. I mean, I'm very mobile. I can go anywhere I want to. You know. Take your mobile I, stuff to the job. But but you haven't been putting in an application from laptop, computer, or or going to different companies putting in applications. If you haven't been doing that, nobody's not, nobody's gonna come to your door and just knock on it and say, some reason, I, I just got this intuition that you need a job. Now, if the person was handicapped, uh, stationary where he couldn't move, and couldn't move about and he needed some type of work, God works in those types of ways, those types of situations. Yes. But if you can walk and run and do anything else, it ain't gonna work like that to give you no job, man. You got to actually get out here and do something. I just told him I hope that, you know, whatever you're seeking, you know, the opportunities you seek that you'll get it and you'll find it. Right. That's the best I can do right now for you because I'm not going to pay for you to bus ticket to get to Rock Hill. And I said, how are you going to get back from Rock Hill? No response. He said, just said they got shelter or something there and they'll take me. It has to be, you have to be accountable for yourself and the things that you do that puts you in the situation that you're in. We have to because we're the only person sometimes you can look at because no one else does it. The choice that we make is the choice that we made. And so that you have to be willing to live with the, the outcome of that choice as well. The choice came from the mind. It matriculated its way to the heart to live it out. Not thinking about the results. Sometimes we be like, I'm gonna do this anyway. But when the results come, we don't want to deal with the results of the choices. We want to blame everybody but us. <clears throat> he allowed us, if he had things going good, even if the guy that helped him get there got gold, he allowed that to be a distraction. So he was dependent on the felt the man instead of depending on God. And work through the man to get it. Like I said, sometimes people are a distraction. Sometimes we put people in the wrong place. So we gotta learn how to be grateful to people, but always keep God as the goat, <laughs> as the greatest. Because it's God that works through people for us to be able 
to do certain things. But on tonight, and we'll wrap this up, if my mind is not right, if my mind is engulfed in other things, I'm going to easily be distracted. I'm gonna miss. The distraction comes to cause you to miss something. It can be a message, it can be a blessing, it can be an opportunity. The distractions are there to keep you from seeing something that's beneficial. Something that will move you from where you are to where you're supposed to be. What if we never, what if every time we got ready to have our breakfast on Saturday, like, man, I can't do it, I gotta go this. Every time we're supposed to meet. We wouldn't be here today. Because we didn't let nothing distract us. Look at where we are now. Yeah, we have stuff that come up that causes us to reschedule. That's called life. But we keep the focus. And people who are easily distracted are not focused. It's true. All of a sudden, I told Dr. Mason, had somebody start back calling me just out the blue. No. <laughs> it's just a distraction. They call to get one word answers. What you doing? Working. Click. The devil knows how to do it. He know when to do it. So, and we, 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 it's the Bible says that the God of this world, the devil, has blinded the mind, veiled the eyes of them that don't believe, but he's shown up working on those that believe also. Look at how many people still out of church, but go to work and everywhere else all day, every day. Can't go to church for an hour and a half, two hours, but can work eight, 10, 12 hours on the job. And travel. Mm -hmm. And still traveling now. Right. And showing those pictures. Mm -hmm. At the beach. With all that stimulus money. And you know the real reason why they're able to do that, don't you? You know the real reason why they're able to do that, right? Because I don't have to take down that church. Because they want to. See, we, see we, we've complicated everything. And it only boils down to the choice whether they want to or they don't. That's the bottom line. It's just a choice. Yeah, about it. If something they don't want to do, they ain't going to do it. I'm going to say one last thing that's helped me along the way. Remember that video you sent the other day? Now, it might have been last, but you sent so many. It's the one about divorce. You have to divorce yourself from, from these relationships, previous I leave that in the forefront of my head as well. Because I've been divorcing and trying to keep it divorced, not just separating. Divorced. Divorced. Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. You get a chance to read a story of, uh, what's that, uh, Genesis uh, of uh, uh, Abraham and uh, Hannah? Oh, the Bible one. Oh, yeah. Well, um, Sarah said, uh, uh, hey boy, 
She got to go. <laughs> that child, God gonna take care of him. But this child, God got work for. Them soul ties. <laughs> we all hard, hard to let them go. Oh Lord, thank you, Jesus. Hard to let them go. Yes, sir. But yeah, read, read that. She got, she got to go. Say something else. Oh yeah, we was talking about divorce and stuff. I used to love the Andy Griffin show. <clears throat> Barney Fox. <laughs> One of Barney's favorite saying was nip it, nip it, nip it, nip it, nip it. <laughs> nip it in the bud. I've discovered that when you nip stuff in the bud, you only cut it away and it grows back. And I thank Dr. Mason for this because he helped me put this in the book. You can't nip stuff in the bud. You gotta cut it at the root. You gotta separate it from its source of life. Now, even when you cut stuff at the root, it's gonna still live a little while because it's got nutrients and stuff that last a little while. Just don't let that root reconnect. But when you cut this stuff at the root, you gotta keep it moving. Some stuff got to die for you to live. Oh, Jesus. Some stuff got to die for you to live. I'm preaching to myself, too. There's <laughs> some distractions that's gotta die so we can live. And you have to give it time to die, even after you cut it at the root. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Because it's going to long numbers or something might have been cut today. I'm saying something might have been cut today. Say this on the end of the note. Some of the biggest sources of distractions come from emails, social media. And cell phones. Lord Jesus. But if you want real focus, you might have to take yourself offline <laughs> until you've accomplished what you need to do. Because as long as those three things, and, and they're the most biggest sources of distraction, as long as those three things are running, you're going to be distracted. I, I've had plenty of times where I took my phone in the room with me. And uh, nobody will never call that early or, you know, anything. Uh, I get down to pray. As soon as I get into the prayer, I get phone room, you know. And it's some telemarketer or, you know, spam call or whatever, you know. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's amazing how the distractions come. You know, when you least expect it, it we, sometimes we cause distractions ourselves, and sometimes distractions just come. Yeah. I like to call these things a necessary evil because they have become actually, truthfully, a part of life. It's true. They allow you to communicate quickly. They allow you, like in my situation, my children in Oklahoma Blue, I can see them with the push of a button. Exactly. 
it's all about how you use it and not let it use you. Sometimes the distractions are forced upon you. Yes, sir. But you still got to be in control. That, that's the word. If we can control our choices and can control the distractions, we'll be all right. I think one day we'll look at distractions and commitments. The relation there between yeah. the two. Future episode coming up on for such a time as this. <laughs> distractions and commitments. We hope you guys have enjoyed our podcast this evening. Send us an email, text message. For such a time as this, 411 at gmail.com. Facebook for such a time as this. Instagram for such a time as this. Three. We on Twitter for such a time as this. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, send us a message. Somebody will respond. Good night. Thanks for joining. Be blessed. God bless you. Please leave any comments or questions for this episode and any of our podcast series. You can listen or respond to us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Spotify. We truly thank you for listening to our podcast and look forward to hearing from you. Stay tuned as we'll have more episodes from our kitchen table conversations.